This is David Lloyd, editor of There's Only One F in Fulham, and you are listening to the fabulous Fulham Focus podcast. Welcome to the Fulham Focus podcast. My name's Matt Boisclair. Fulham are out the Carabao Cup and my bet is nobody really cares. We'll find out though as joining me is a man who makes Opta look like mere amateurs of the statistics world. It's Matto Stato Arta and with a Cardiff match preview in the second half of the show, a man who's never too far away when there's a sniff of any chat about Wales, it's Baldo, Matt Baldwin. I wonder if Stato's stats are keeping up with how many different combinations of mats we're using on the show this season. We've got myself, Arta, Baldwin, Lampett and Dom involved these days. Stato, how's things? I'm good, thanks. I was just wondering, should I put like a little fact file together at the end of the year to look at all the different mat combinations we've had? I think you probably should. I think that's a really good idea. It's one yeah. way to keep up with it anyway. <laughs> the most dynamic partnership and uh, things like that. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how you manage that. The, le- the least amount of shit spoken, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Something definitely, like that. Something like that. <laughs> that definitely wouldn't include me, for sure. And Baldo, looking forward to your trip back to the Valleys on Friday night? Yeah, absolutely. And can I just say that any combination, you know, least shit talked wouldn't wouldn't involve me in any way either. I think I think I, I think I'm very much bottom of that uh, disciplinary table. Yeah, I don't think I'm far behind you. Good stuff. All right, just a quick note before we look back at the Southampton game to mention the extremely sad plight of Berry, who were expelled from the football league on Tuesday evening after their buyer fell through. I honestly don't know what I'd do if Fulham, a part of my life for 30 years, was no longer there. And of course, we did come close to something similar similar uh, to their plight in the 80s as well. It's a horrible, harsh reality for the community of Berry this week. So on behalf of all of us at Fulham Focus, we send our heartfelt sympathies to the supporters and everyone involved with Berry Football Club. Hopefully there'll be a way, be a way back for them soon. Right, Southampton. Fulham. So this game really lived up to its billing, didn't it? Fulham reserves versus Saints reserves and a nil-one defeat. Stato, what did you make of it? As expected? Uh, I mean, meh. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's the League Cup. We're a championship team. Um, to Southampton's credit, they didn't really play a reserve team. They actually had quite a lot of first teamers out there, whereas we were the team playing most of our reserve team. Um, the result, you could say, was a bit unfortunate on our behalf, but yeah, I mean, not, not particularly fussed about it, to be honest. Yeah, they were all over us in the second half, to be honest. Um, what, what do you think, Balder? I mean, do you care that we're out of the League Cup? Um, no, because I think anyone who's sort of, barring the uh, odd run of you know, Bradford from a couple of years ago and and Wigan when they were uh, first came into the Premier League, no one really outside the top six goes into a season with the expectation of making a decent cup run, you know, in either the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup. So I'm not really all that fussed about it in the grand scheme of things i was more i was more intrigued to um to see which you know which players we were going to play how much rotation we were going to give and who of the you know academies and the under 23s and the under 18s were going to were going to get appearances that was really my own my only concern was the development of the players rather than any sort of significant result yeah and it's funny i i, I always remember the league cup as being a competition in which 
lower division sides would at least have a chance because the the top sides would would maybe play a weak inside. But last season, Man City v Chelsea is the final of the League Cup, so if, I, I think that devalues its meaning to to the lower league sides anyway. What do you think? Yeah, but here's the thing: they play it, but they still played lower, you know, weakened sides throughout the the early stages of the tournament. So it's not as if they were playing full strength sides. Although I think when Man City played Leicester in, in I think, the quarterfinals or maybe the third round, I don't know, they played their backup goalkeeper, I think Zinchenko, who you know was backup last year, got some game, Phil Foden got some game time. So it was only really when we got to the final that we realised, oh, hang on, big teams. You know, the big teams do still rotate every now and again. You know, we've got the third round coming up in a couple of weeks. I, I would be shocked if they didn't put out reserve sides uh, there as well. Yeah. I think I think you know in in an alternate reality where we never got relegated last year and we had a solid mid-table finish and you know this would be our second season back in the Premier League then there'd be more of a case to you know maybe take the competition a bit more seriously you know to try and build on something to try and get to a cup final um but given the position we're in um and particularly you know eventually even if we got got a run we'd eventually come up against a city or a Chelsea of the world it's yeah it's just a bit pointless really isn't it yeah, it is frustrating. So, as expected, the starting lineup was a, a blend of fringe players, youngsters, and then Steph Joe and Joe Bryan. I was surprised to see Joe Bryan start, given that we don't have many options at left back, and he's really the only one we have. But perhaps that's why he did play. And so, the lineup was Rodak, and then Christie at right back, Kevin McDonald and Maxine Lamarchon as centre halves, then Joe Bryan. Then we had Johansson, O'Reilly, and Onoma making his debut in midfield. Um, De La Torre and uh, Bobby Reed and Kamara up front. Um, were you happy with the lineup? Were there any any big surprises in there? The one that stands out for me is Kevin McDonald playing centre half. Actually, I think if anything that shows just how threadbare our defence is at the moment. Um, you know, at the moment, I'm our main first choice defence of Stephen Sersery, Mawson, Brian. You know, it's it's a it's okay. They're still. There's still a few mistakes in there and they're still not perfect, but they're slowly growing in confidence. But if one of them were to get injured, you know, if Reem was to get injured, then I'd back up Le Marchand. And he he hasn't been convincing at all, I think, since he's joined us, to be fair. And then that our fourth choice centre back is K-Mac. It's it's a bit worrying, to be honest. So yeah, yeah, as um as Arthur was saying there, the biggest surprise is uh, Kevin McDonald, though. If anyone goes back and listens to the uh, promotion season podcast, I, I know I certainly uh, was, spout, uh, was spouting for, I don't know if anyone else was, but this idea of having Kevin McDonald's as centre-back, because that's effectively what he did already, the way he saw split the fence with Adoy and Reem either side of him, just sort of playing a very deep, deep defensive midfield role. So as much as it was a bit of a surprise to actually see this theory that you know I've had for the best part of 18 months come to fruition, um, yeah, it was uh, not exactly not exactly out of the realms of possibility. If I'm if I'm being brutally honest, um, but yeah, what you're saying about Joe Bryan as being our backup left back, I thought that you know, if we're not taking this competition seriously, as you know, as by the lineup showed, I'd say why not put Lemarchon at left back, which is a position he's played before, and then put one of the younger centre backs in, like uh, Jeremy Poku, who was on the bench, or or Dennis Doy, for instance, who was also on the bench. Why not give them some game? Uh, some game time instead and give and give Joe Bryan a little bit of a break. 
Yeah, that's completely fair enough. I was I was really surprised. But just going back to the Kevin McDonald thing, do you think that's something that we might see more of between, certainly between now and January, perhaps, when we've got another opportunity to bring in more central defenders? What do you think, Stato? Is there a chance? Yeah, definitely. Particularly because, you know, he, did, he didn't do a terrible job yesterday. He was actually quite composed and did an all right job as centre-back. And also because I think K-Mac's midfield um, game time may be restricted this year, you know, with with the signings of Arter and Harrison Reed, um, we already have Steph Joe in there, um, and Onama is coming along. You know, I think K Mac Macy is game time a bit limited in that position, so maybe if he does, you know, play a sense back, we'll, we'll see more of K Mac, and he could be a it could be a good you know second option. He, he's quite good with the ball. He's quite big and physical. You know, it could be it could be almost an Indian summer for K Mac this you know this season. Yeah, I guess I guess you don't really need to have a great deal of pace to play centre half in um uh, in at this level anyway. Um, and of course Matt O'Reilly started, so you know another midfielder. It's good to see him mm-hmm. uh, in 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 amongst the the starting eleven, even if it's just for the reserve team in in the cup. But um, he's been linked with a move to Germany for some time, and arguably he's way down the pecking order given the midfielders that we've signed and retained this season. Uh, Baldo, do you think we'll see much more of him this season? Now we're out the cup. Um, no, if I'm, if I'm being brutally honest, I don't think he's quite ready for championship game. I mean, of course we may see him, you know, you never know when we may get a spout of injuries and suspensions, which means we're sort yeah. of, for, which means we're sort of forced to, and just touching on Kevin McDonald, the centre-back, I don't think it's going to be uh, out, out of choice that we see Kevin McDonald's centre-back, I think it's going to be more out of necessity, and, and that's probably going to be the same with Matt O'Reilly. It's, if we find ourselves with Matt O'Reilly in the central midfield, for you no know, two or three game stretches, then you know the the injury situation and possible suspension as well has got pretty bad. If we're having to if we're having to go to that level, not no not disrespect him out of Riley in any way. I think he's got a very good future, but there's just so much more ahead of him right now that you no know, that need to have game time for uh, aiming to get promoted this season. Yeah, he had, he had an opportunity to to write the headlines in the in the first half as well. He um, the ball fell to him on the edge of the box, and he he found Rose Ed with it, unfortunately. So yeah, perhaps a bit more refinement there. But it, it's interesting though. He, he's been a player that's been much talked about for a couple of years now, and and it's good to see him get some game time. So you know, if he's doing the business uh, for the reserve team or the under twenty threes or whoever, then I, I can see him being given an opportunity at least by Scott Parker. Scott Parker seems to be a man who who will give uh, give the kids a chance. So um looking at the the stats from yesterday's game, we um we had sixty percent possession all match and just the one shot on target, which is really disappointing. But even even with the, the second string We've got to be better at, at utilising our possession. It's harping back to the the Slav days, isn't it, Stasso? Yeah, since since the Millwall game when we had that mental start of having like eighty seven percent possession. You know, there's always been everyone was high, highlighting that with all that possession, we had very few shots, and then that trend carried over into the Forest game and again into this game. Um, when when Slav was in charge, we'd play the nice football with high possession, but. There was always a high amount of shots. There was always a lot of chances, and maybe to in Slav's uh, unfortunate situation, he didn't quite have the attackers that would finish it off. He had to put up with Aite and Cabana, whereas Parker's got you know Knockart and Cavallero. And it's 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 nice to see that we're playing big base football, but it doesn't look to be any end product like there was of Slav ball. And 
it's a slight cause of concern, I think. Um, yes, there's a bit of it, but again, were, were we really expecting anything? You know, this is our, this is our second string side. You know, if there were any good at finishing, they'd be they'd be in the first team. So yeah, I don't know if anyone's I don't know if anyone really should have expected any different. You know, the front three of Delatore, Reed, and Kamara. You know, how many of them would you? You know, put you know, put your house on scoring. You know, even ten goals a season. If the, even if they were regulars in the first team, I don't think I don't think anyone would. So I'm not exactly. So I'm not exactly shocked that uh, those that those statistics come come through. So true, but there's still the lack of shots that we had. You know, even with all this possession bay, there's still very few shots coming out of that. And you know, what's the point of having all this possession if we're not going to do anything with it? You know, if you if you saw during the game. We were just passing beyond our centre backs, and when you have a centre back like Maxime Marchand who just passes it and then loses possession, it's all it's all high risk, low reward. To be honest, I think I can get away with saying this because Matt Dom's not on the show, but we need more penetration. <laughs> yeah, we we do, we do. The, the, you know, it's all good passing around and keeping ball, but you know, there needs to be that more kind of direct, you know, like I said, penetrative impacts <laughs> and. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so childish. God, we so are childish. so childish. So childish. Let's, so childish. Let's, let's move. Let's move on. Okay. Um, Southampton took the lead with around half an hour to go, uh, with a chance that came down our right side. Cross has come into the box, and Michael Oberfemi has beaten Rodak um, with a kind of close range finish. Um, other than that, though, I th- I thought Marek Rodak had an excellent game. He did superbly well to keep the score down. Saints had seven shots on target, and and you know. He kept them at bay. Yeah, I, I think excellent maybe sort of stretching it a tad. He, he didn't know Kago. You know, there's none of those saves you're going to be seeing on any on any montages of, you know, the, the greatest saves of the Carabao Cup this season sort of thing. I don't think any of his efforts are going to be on there. But he, he did, he did res- respectable is probably the best uh, the best way to put it. And I know that it's it's going to lead to a lot of debate. It certainly has in the um, here's the sweepstakes, full and focus WhatsApp group. It's only about whether or not we should, you know, maybe drop Bettinelli and give him give him a stretching goal. But it, it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything spectacular. He did a good job. He got a man of the match from the from the from the website. And I think I think that's that's just about that's just about good enough. But I'm not ready to start tipping him for you know to be the next great goalkeeper just just about yet. He he did the basics very well, um, but yeah, like you said, you know, in Bettinelli's favour, he hasn't done anything wrong massively this season either. So you know, you can't really drop Bettinelli for doing nothing, um, for, for, especially for Rodak, who he's, he had a good game, but he didn't necessarily show that he's the much better keeper than Bettinelli. Rodak spared Maxime Lamarchon's blushes a few times. There was. There was one where he passed it across the goal and um, just gave gave one of their players a, a clear run on goal that he tipped around the post. And then another chance that really stands out was right at the end when um, Danny Ings, he, he just oh, God. <laughs> lazily passed it and Danny Ings intercepted it. And then he even tried to bring him down in the area as well. Yeah, but if he'd have brought, brought him down and given the penalty away, he'd have, he'd have got a red card and that would have left us even more threadbare at the back in a game that we'd pretty much lost by then anyway. So not a good night for Maxine Lamarchon. Uh, he he's so low on confidence, I think. Like he he just doesn't know what to do anymore. I mean 
I think when we first per- bought him, um, first game of the year last year against Palace, he looked he looked okay at centre back. It was him and him and Chambers, I think it was that first game of the season. And yeah, he didn't look terrible, but it's it's just been downhill since for him. And I, I want to feel sorry for him, but at the same time, he kind of brings it on himself, to be honest. I think I think that's a little bit harsh, especially last season. I thought he was one of our better defenders. Not that that was particularly difficult because we couldn't defend last season. Um, yeah. But yeah, this season and particularly last night, absolutely dreadful. Baldo, anything to add? Um, not particularly. No, in, in, particularly in regards to Lemarchon, Le, Le um, has he really given us anything apart from a possibly one of the best chance we've had in, in a number <laughs> of years? Yeah, that's very yeah, true. All right. Well, let's not let's not waste any more time talking about the Carabao Cup. We are out. Um, let's have a quick Scott Parker rating for his overall performance during the Southampton game. Stato, over to you first. Out of ten, um, a five. Nothing good. Nothing special. But he gave youth a chance. So yeah, five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Baldo. Yeah. Similar answer for me. It's a five. You know, not really expecting much. Didn't deliver much. So yeah, five for me. I would have liked to have him liked to have seen him bring the subs in a bit sooner, and it's, it's a trend enough for Parker. He doesn't like to make changes until late, and you know it would, it would have been nice to have seen like Taylor Crosdale or um, Ben Davis come on a bit, bit a bit sooner. But eh, wasn't okay. wasn't it's only a minor thing. Fair enough. For what it's worth, I, I'd say I'd give him a six. I thought I thought his lineup was okay. I was. Um, I was quite excited to see some of the some of the younger players, but yeah, like you say, Stato, it would have been nice to see people like Taylor Crossdale get on the pitch a little bit sooner than one minute from the end of the game. But anyway, it's done now. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll have another go next season, and I expect we'll yeah. be underwhelmed again. Probably. All right. The only, uh, I just want to say the only last thing I want to say about Parker's choice is there is no Aite or Cabana whatsoever, and does that mean that they're on their way out? Yeah, it's a good question. I did wonder. I mean, Ayite was kind of in and around the squad at the start of the season, wasn't he? But who knows what's happened? Um, knows? Perhaps he just. Perhaps it was just a case of let's give give youth a chance. I don't know. Who mm. knows what the thinking was? Good. All right. Well, let's move on to a Cardiff preview after this. Fulham. Right. So. On to the real stuff now, and we have got a massive, massive fixture in South Wales on Friday evening. It's live on TV. I wonder whether Stefan Johansson starting against Southampton means that he might miss out on a starting place against Cardiff, maybe with Harrison restarting. Baldo, what do you think? Um, Yeah, I think it's more or less going to be the same side that played against Nottingham Forest, um, which... Hang on, Stephen Hansen started against Nottingham Forest, didn't he? He did. He did. He did. He did. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It, it's been brushed from my memory so quickly because of the Southampton <laughs> game. I forgot. I forgot what the starting lineup was. Um, no, I think Stephen Hansen probably will will probably start against Cardiff because because it, it wasn't as if any the Nottingham Forest. You know, we lost the game, so we must make changes. It wasn't as if they did anything majorly wrong, particularly the particularly the midfield and and the forwards did anything wrong. So I don't see why there'd be any reason why Stephen Hansen. Would find it would find himself out of the lineup specifically. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I guess we're not expecting Joe Bryan to be dropped, but it was just something that we were talking about on the um, on the WhatsApp group last night with the, the likes of Onoma now in and around the squad. Um, I just wondered whether perhaps Johansson would be the the first person to make way 
um, when these players start getting bought through. What, what do you think, Stato? Do you think do you think uh, Johansson will keep his place on on Friday night? Um, it's a good point. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Harrison Reed does come in instead of him, and that's not because Johansson's done anything wrong. I think uh, we haven't really seen much of Reed, but from what we know from Blackburn, he was more of a defensive midfielder, doesn't like getting as forward as much as Steph Joe does. So by having him and Arta sit back, it could give Kenny a bit more freedom to go around and do his thing. Um, yeah. Which having Steph Joe maybe restricts Kenny a bit. So maybe that could be Parker's thinking on Friday. Funny, isn't it? When the, when the season first started, we thought that midfield three would be back to the dream team of Kenny, McDonald, Johansson. And now we're yeah. we're accepting the fact that McDonald probably isn't going to play as many games. And now we're even thinking about well, is Johansson? But I know J Mac is a is a big Johansson fan, and he thinks he's been he's been excellent for us so far this season. And the thing that Johansson does bring us, as we've said many many times in the past, is he he brings a bit of grit and a bit of dirtiness to the midfield, and he doesn't mind fouling a player to to break up an attack. And sometimes you just have to win a little bit ugly. And I think that's what he brings to the team that perhaps other players don't. Yeah, definitely. And I think a mistake that Parker made on Saturday was taking him off at half-time for Bobby Reed. I, th- I think he might have been injured or something, um, in which case you bring on Harrison Reed instead. But yeah. by taking Steph Joe off for an attacking player like Bobby Reed, that kind of leaves Harry Arthur as the only player to kind of sit back and make those challenges. Whereas, yeah. we, you know, Steph Joe was there to break up the play, um, to create the link between defence and attack. Um, so that was a mistake on Park's behalf. So, you know, if Johansson is dropped, I would at least I'd like to see it for Harrison Reed. And, you know, like I said, it's not because Reed's bad. It's, I think it's because Harrison Reed probably, he deserves a little chance. We can see what he's got, see what he's about. Yeah. And, you know, I'm think, sure Johansson will still be on the bench. I think Harrison Reed is another one of those players from the camp from the same cloth as Johansson. He, he doesn't mind getting stuck in as well. Um, yeah. So I think that, that would be a, a fair replacement. But, Obviously, Bobby Reed's illegible because he's on loan from Cardiff, so he won't be he won't be around the squad at all. I wonder who's going to come in instead of him. Do you think Do you think we might see a return to the the, the bench for Ayite or Cabano, or do you think maybe Taylor Crossdale will will get a chance on the bench? What do you think, Baldo? Um, yeah, I think it's probably likely going to be Ayite takes. Well, hang on, I'm just trying to think the transfer window because there's the uh, foreign transfer window. It closes on Monday. Am I right? I think it goes on Monday, so there's so we can still so we can still play them, in effect. But you do wonder if you know we have this theory that they, you know, their their days of the club could be about to come to an end. Um, you don't really want to risk them getting it getting injured. You know, having to come off the bench, maybe getting injured, and potentially jeopardising any of that. So hopefully, he doesn't come to that. But yeah, I'd imagine it would be Aite on the bench for for Bobby Reed in replacement of. I think if Ayite was to leave, I think that would be a real shame. I think that would potentially leave us a little bit short. All right, we've we've got a great starting attack, and we've got Bobby Reed. But after that, we've got a boom Carcamara. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely yeah. think we should keep um, keep Ayite. I can see Cabano going, but I think that would be a shame if Ayite was to leave. I think he he offers something different as well. Yeah, I think of the two, I think most Fulham fans would be prepared to let Cabano leave first. Yeah, of the two. yeah, no, that's, that's a fair point. All right, what? um, yeah, go on. Sorry, 
But I was gonna say, what's also interesting is that since we've since we've had Bobby Reed, Parker likes to bring him bringing him bring him on as a sub in the second half for, for Johansson or or for um, Kearney sometimes. So if we don't have that option, will it be Kamara that he likes to bring on as the impact sub, or will it be Aite? Yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. That is one thing that Kamara does. He he is a very good option to have on the bench if you really want to mix something up and just throw the kitchen sink uh, um, <laughs> if you're behind. But um, Aite is much more measured and much and much more considered and a, a better footballer, as as we all know. But um, yeah, I, I mean. Kamara, I don't know how many more chances he needs at this club. Um, I, I don't think he's ever going to be a regular in the first team. But if he's happy to sit on the bench, that then, you know, fair enough. Um, one man who eyes will be on on Friday night is Harry Arter. He was on loan at Cardiff last season from Bournemouth. And now he's on loan at Fulham from Bournemouth with a, with a view to a, a permanent transfer. He's looked excellent for us so far this season. And um, perhaps after, um, well, I was going to say after being let go by Cardiff, but I, I guess I guess he was always going to come to Fulham with Scott Parker being there. But I think eyes will be on him. What have you thought of Harry Arter so far this season, Baldo? Um, he's been okay. Nothing spectacular. Again, he's he's someone that does does the dirty work. Um, and in and in that sense, you don't really you don't really want to see his name because then he's probably committing lots of fouls or yeah. getting yellow cards or or making or making mistakes. I think his only real mistake has been um, something I brought up in the way the way he dealt with uh, Forrest's second goal on Saturday. His attempts to bring down Lewis Graben. Other than that, I think he's done a again an okay, an okay job. Nothing. Nothing quite spectacular, but given this, the style of football that we know Cardiff City like to play, I think we, we're going to need someone to you know be down on their level to some extent. And I think Harry Arter is going to be absolutely, absolutely perfect for that to get stuck in and not and not and not be afraid to get physical as you know, as uh, Neil Warnock sides like to do. Yeah, he'll he'll know their style of play very well. Anything to add, Stato? Uh, no, I agree with all that. To be honest, um, Arta will be a very, you know, important player in that match. Um, almost, almost a shit house derby, pretty much. Um, and yeah, I think that's also could be another reason why Harrison Reed could get bought in as well because he can, you know, put in those crunching tackles as well. Not that Steph Joe couldn't, but you know, I think yeah, having both Arthur and Reed there, it could be quite a good shield for us. No, fair enough. I mean, we've had some good battles with Cardiff lately, the last couple of seasons particularly. Uh, do you think they'll still be smarting from losing at the Cottage at the end of last season, a, a result that effectively relegated them with that cracking goal from Ryan Babble? What do you think, Baldo? Um, yeah, I think, I think there's a, I think there's a potential. You know, there, there seems to be some sort of faux rivalry uh, developing between us and them for reasons that you know pass me by for idiotic reasons. Um so yeah I think that I think that they will cert- they will certainly be up for it and in and if in effect they're gonna need to be up for it because they haven't exactly had the uh, the best start to the season and their performance if you think our performance last night was terrible go and have a look at what they managed to pull out against Luton. My word that is a that's a dark performance and they're going to <laughs> need something to pick themselves up and this and again uh uh a game against someone that they think oh you know, the crowd are going to be up for it because it's still, you know, the physical Cardiff against the you know, ticky-tacker Fulham. So they're going to want a result and that will probably make its way onto the field and should should make for an interesting encounter. 
Well, this is the thing. I, I, I was thinking about that result against Luton. They lost they lost 3-0 at home, didn't they, uh, last night on, or Tuesday night, depending on when you're listening to this. And personally, I, I'd like to think that oh, the result against Southampton, it doesn't make any difference to, to how we're going to approach Friday night and we'll bounce back on Friday night. But on the on the show on um, at the weekend, I, I did say I would have liked to see us put out a full team because it, it, if we could win against Southampton, then it... it breeds a winning mentality and I think that's important especially at this stage of the season that being said we didn't win but we didn't we didn't get hammered to a team in the same division as us who uh, who haven't done particularly well so far this season in Luton so um, I feel like we might have a slight advantage based based on the fact that you know Cardiff were hammered at home last last night yes definitely um, and also Put, um, the additional fact that Cardiff have actually got up to a bit of a shaky start just in general this year, which um, can be seen as a bit surprising. Um, obviously, before before the seasons began, people looked at Cardiff and thought that you know they would be up there again. You know, Neil Warnock he knows the championship. They've retained most of their core squad of players and added a few um, championship savvy players like Aidan Flint. Um, so it's a bit surprising that they've got off to a bit of a uh, a bit of a mediocre start. Um, so in that sense, I'd like to think we 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 do have that psychological edge because you know we're doing kind of how we we were expected to perform. Yeah, well, I was I was I mean going back to more historic results. I was just looking at the the Cardiff fact file that you sent over to me earlier. The, the stats and mm. Fulham and Cardiff have met sixty four times. We've won four out of the last eight. The last match at Cardiff, um, we lost four-two, which you know was was a, a crap performance. Callum Chambers played at right back and oh, came off at half time. Yeah, he was awful. But then he, he found his feet in a different position later on in the season. So that was fair enough. But um, Seth, Seth scored as he always used to against Cardiff. Scherler scored that amazing goal. Um, the last match, the last time we played them in the championship was on Boxing Day in 2017, and we beat them 4-2. That was the season when they just pipped us to promotion. Uh, Reem Ayite, Sess, and Steph Joe with that lovely little goal in the last last minute when he chipped it over the keeper after running the whole length <laughs> of the pitch. Quality. That was the second match of our 23 game unbeaten run. So, um, looking at players that have played for both clubs there's players who who uh, are involved at the moment as we've already mentioned Bobby Reed and Harry Arter the former won't be involved but Harry Arter we would expect to start Neil Etheridge what's going on with him at the moment is he actually playing for Cardiff I don't think I've seen him so far this season I haven't actually checked has, has he not been playing for them not sure I, I I I just I just assumed he was their first choice keeper still I, I know that I know that a lot of clubs were Aston Villa. I think were one of the clubs in for him at some stage during the summer. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's injured. I I honestly, as much as this will shock many people, I haven't been keeping up with what Cardiff have been doing so far this season. So I do not know. Again, it could be an injury. It could just be you know dropping form, or it could be that Neil Warnock has finally realised what we Fulham fans realised after the Dense game, and then Neil Etheridge isn't all that good. Yeah, he must be injured. He he wasn't even in the squad at the weekend. Um, wow, so, yeah. I, I was just looking at the back bench, starting 11, and yeah, he wasn't even there. Um, just going back to the past few games, it's got to be an injury, surely. I mean, he was one of their stand-up performers last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm just again, looking at your stats, he played every single game last season and kept 10 clean sheets, um, even though they got relegated. So, 
you know, that's that's pretty outstanding. Um, their, jo- their joint top scorer last season was Bobby Reed. He only got five goals in the Premier League, but then we signed him. So, and as you've already mentioned as well, they've they bought in Aidan Flint from Middlesbrough, somebody that we were linked with when he was at Bristol City. Um, mm-hmm. Marlon Pack's come in from Bristol City, just up the road. Isaac Vassell from Birmingham and Robert Glatzel from FC Heidenheim. Um, he got 13 goals last season in the uh, Bundesliga second division. So I think it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting game. And we we talked about this a little while ago and said, this is the sort of game that will be Scott Parker's first real test. And I think he's had some some tests already along the way, if I'm honest. But this, this is a, a proper test, going away to Cardiff, playing against the experience of, um, of Neil Warnock. Um, what do you think the score's going to be, Stato? Ooh, it's got to be a full and winners always. Um, I'm just trying to think, will we keep a clean sheet? Probably not. Um, I'm going to say 3-1 Fulham. Nice, nice. And Baldo, what are you thinking? Yeah, in a similar vein of form, I can't just keeping a clean sheet. There will be some scrappy goal in there by Cardiff. Probably once we're 3-0 up, they'll get one with about 10 minutes to go that will really boost the atmosphere somewhat and get things going. But yeah, yeah, 3-1, a 3-1 victory. Victory for us, I would say. Well, the last two times we've been there, the result's been 4-2. Last season, they beat us 4-2. Season before that, we beat them 4-2. I'm going to go for 4-2 Fulham. Yeah, keep up the let's, trend. Let's, let's keep up the trend. Good stuff. All right. Uh, any other business, Baldo? How are you looking forward to your trip? What's what's your plan? Yeah, I say it's a wonderful day. It's wonderful being wonderful every time I go down to Wales. It's the Fulham game on the Friday night, and then it's the Wales Ireland game on the Saturday. So it's going to be a lovely weekend, a oh, lovely nice. weekend of sport for me. You're staying down there. Nice, good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well it's a bit of a. It'd be a bit of a commute, wouldn't it? If I went down Cardiff, came back home, then went down again the next day, it'd be pretty stupid yeah. of me, wouldn't it? Well, I wouldn't put it past you, though. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Good stuff. What about you, Stato? Any other business? Um, I'm not really, unfortunately. Based in Kent, I won't be able to uh, go over to Wales on a Friday night. So I'll be watching at home on TV. Um, and I've got a bit of a football field weekend. My, my Sunday league team, my season kicks off on Sunday. So big up Moncton FC. You're a goalkeeper, aren't you? I am, I am indeed. I am. Excellent. Well, good luck with that. I hope Double- you win. Double clean sheets for Fulham and Moncton is the uh, is the aim this weekend. <laughs> That's where you got to put your money, everybody. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Um, well, as ever, thank you very much for joining me, chaps, and thank you at home for listening. We'll be back on Monday morning to discuss all the fallout from Friday night at Cardiff and um, from Sunday at Moncton. Sure. Um, I think I'm hosting on uh, on the next show, but you may have J-Mac back. I'm not sure what's actually going on at the moment. One thing's for sure, the Welsh wizard Baldo will be here to tell you all about his trip, though. Um, in the meantime, do visit FulhamFocus.com for your Fulham fix. Then find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as subscribe to the podcast via all your usual channels, too. Have a great weekend, everybody, and see you soon. Cheers.